Thanks for being with us. Jill Bennett sitting in for Simi this week. Let's head on over to Victoria and the Vancouver Sun's Vaughn Palmer here with The View from Victoria. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jill. And I know with your work ethic and your usual working hours, you stayed up last night. <laughs> I tried. Uh, for this edge of your seat <laughs> result from the Conservative Will they ever get those ballots counted? Will they ever be able to pry all the results out of the voting machine that sliced them up? Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. I tried. I tried to stay up until the end. And, and I, all I'll say was the first thing I did when I woke up very early today was look at the phone to see because I didn't make it, it until was our, the end. Our call, it was real hell for our colleagues <laughs> back east because I think it was 1 o'clock in the morning when the, uh, the winner of this uh, race, uh, Aaron O'Toole, <laughs> began making it victory speech uh, here i guess it was after 10 o'clock in any event it's aaron o'toole and uh, we will pause while all the listeners says who <laughs> <laughs> toronto mp what helicopter pilot in the canadian forces um, yeah former veterans minister yeah yeah, yeah. father was a um cab- a big wheel politician in ontario he's, i think he's actually o'toole was actually born in uh, in, in Montreal, but his uh, his family is Ontario. So this is the first leader of the Conservative Party from that was not from Western Canada since the party sort of reinvented itself after the Reform Party era. So he's not an Albertan, and he's not from the West. Um, he didn't win on the first ballot. Uh, all of, uh, he didn't lead in British Columbia. The Conservatives had a, um, a fairly complicated voting system, and if we have a couple of hours, I could even try to explain it to you. But uh, anyway, uh, Peter McKay, who was uh, the sort of red Tory, the the more centrist of the candidates, got the most votes on the first ballot in BC, but O'Toole finished a close second. So he did okay out here, but he's not a Westerner, so uh, probably have some work to do out here. Uh, The other thing that I think could be an issue for him out here, and I'm sure the Liberals will make a big issue of it, and so will the New Democrats, um, O'Toole tried to reach out to the social conservative wing of the Conservative Party. So he said that he personally is pro-choice on abortion, and he personally supports same-sex marriage. But he also said that if he heads a conservative government, his members, his MPs, and his cabinet ministers will be allowed to vote their conscience on matters of conscience. So that would mean, if abortion came up as an issue in Parliament, that uh, his including his cabinet, and, you know, uh, I think Brian Mulroney and Stephen Harper both allowed their MPs a bit of flexibility on this issue, but they never allowed their cabinet to vote their conscience on stuff like this. So, in fact, Harper didn't allow even allow votes on it. So um, it's a bit of an outreach to social conservatives. I expect, uh, you know, it probably helped him in a leadership race with a lot of social conservatives voting because... Um, it was one of these uh, preferential ballots, so O'Toole pitched for their second choices. But uh, I think it'll make him a target, and British Columbia has had trouble with the issue of abortion since Bill Van Zandt 
what, two generations ago. So I don't think that's necessarily anything that'll help him out here. It might help him in a few ridings, but it's not going to help him win the majority of seats in British Columbia. What do you think about uh, when he talks about uh, criminalizing uh, blockades, uh, the blockades of the ports and his stance on that? Yeah, a couple of his tougher stances, I think, will help him out here. And yes, that's one of them. Uh, He said he would criminalize um, well, he didn't say First Nations blockades, but that's basically what he's talking about. And that's in the wake of that showdown earlier this year uh, over the gas pipeline in the north of B.C. So he said a tough stand there, took a tough, tough stand on China. And I think that's an issue that helps him right across the country. I think Canadians uh, are looking for a stronger stance than the Trudeau government has been taking on China. So I think that'll help him. And being tough on Trudeau, uh, who's not, you know, all that popular anymore. I think that would help him as well. He's got to unite his own party. And as uh, Gordon MacDonald remarked to, to you right after the news at uh, 5.30, uh, he may not have much time. Uh, Trudeau has prorogued Parliament. He's thought to be angling for an early election. We could be into one, um, you know, just after Thanksgiving. So I don't know how much time he'll get to unite his party. Uh, and find himself having to campaign. Uh, But there he is, the new leader, and I guess we'll uh, start learning more about him uh, now that, uh, especially after everybody in the country wakes up and finishes going, who? (laughs) What happened? Who? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. We're going to talk more about that uh, coming up on the program. But Vaughn, before I let you go, I also wanted to talk, do you think we're going to get a bit of a different tone from Dr. Bonnie Henry today? It's going to be really interesting to see what she says. You know, she's been the good cop on this file all along, and she doesn't believe in coercion, and she doesn't believe in cracking down. Down all that much. I mean, they've tightened regulations, but I've never heard her call for the kind of fines that were announced Friday by uh, Mike Farnworth, the, uh, the Solicitor General. Uh, he said enough is enough. Dr. Henry was off last week for a well-earned holiday. She's back this afternoon for the three o'clock, and I guess she'll get asked what she thinks of all this um, and whether or not her patience has run out as well. I don't think she'll contradict the government on it, but it is going to be interesting to hear what she said because she's not been the person out there calling for fines. Victoria City cops sure pounced on that one quickly, though. A $2,300 fine. Spread the word. You have to be living under a rock not to be aware that you've got to, if you're having a house party, especially in a one-bedroom apartment like this one, um, you're going to get fined. Uh, People weren't social distancing. People, the apartment was crowded. People were sweating. It was hot. The windows were steamed up. And the host of the party now has a $2,300 fine for breaking the rules. Yeah, interesting to see if uh, we'll see more of those tickets and more fines uh, handed out. Vaughn, we will leave it there for today. Thank you so much. Great. Bye-bye, Joe.